unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Hello, everyone. Sydney St. James here with another exciting and different kind of subject matter than I usually talk about on my podcast. Last night, I had a dream. A dream that seemed so real, I jumped out, threw the covers off of me, and I was in a total sweat. No, it was not the kind of dream that Martin Luther King had, but one that was totally, absolutely different. As I always do during a dream, normally, After I waken in a sweat and throw the covers off of me, I jump up and I run to my computer and I begin typing. That's right. I learned from attending one of Stephen King's webinars many years ago, that's where he got his best stories come from. Imagine, you're sleeping at night, you have a terrible dream, your wife or your husband wakes you up and says, honey, honey, Wake up, you're having a terrible dream. When they do wake you up, you know exactly what that dream is. But if you wait till the next morning and someone tells you, man, you really had a bad dream last night. You know what you would tell them? I don't remember what it was about. I just, maybe it was about snakes or something. That's why when you wake up, If you're writing a book like I do, I run to my computer and I type the story down while it's all fresh in my head. So that particular night, when I was woken up from my dream, I rushed to my laptop. It was about 2.30 in the morning and I began clicking away. Whatever it was, a red glow hung above my three brothers' beds in what our dad once called the mule stables. It was 1965. Then, my brothers all started screaming, and I looked at them. I was just in total fear, and then suddenly, there was total silence. The red glow disappeared. I sat in bed, pulled my knees up, under my two arms and began rocking back and forth. It was then that I began my next novel, my version of The Body Snatchers. It all happened one night. Well, believe it or not, that's not what this post is about today, but it does deal with dreams. In my case today, it deals with dreams of flying and superheroes. Sometimes I wonder if this kind of post is such a good idea. Self-disclosure can be a dominant teaching aid when applied judiciously. And I've used it with my kids. And believe it or not, with my employees from time to time in the earlier businesses I once owned. But 
after all the years I've lived on this earth, I find that it gets a little eerie when splattered about on Facebook and Twitter and all these other social medias, and I end up learning far too much about some people, more than we really like to know. Many of us feel like we're the only one experiencing a certain situation. We're surprised to learn that others have gone through the same darn thing or something much similar. So, at the peril of appearing self-absorbed and maybe a little egotistic, I'm gonna share experiences and hopefully lessons learned from my own life, hoping that it may help someone else who might be struggling with their own issues. I bet, I just bet you're like me if you just admit it. I often used to ask myself, what would my old dad say? After he told me, I would immediately run and I did the opposite. You see, right there, I listened and I learned. So again, I want to thank everyone for joining me for my podcast today, and I hope you enjoy my story of my brothers and me, and who were all once the greatest of American superheroes. was a very young kid, I always wanted to be a superhero. My first childhood idols were television cowboys, frontiersmen, and comic book bigger-than-life heroes I purchased down at Albert's Variety Store in Eagle Lake, Texas. Hopalong Cassidy, The Lone Ranger, Roy Rogers. How many remember Sergeant Preston of the Yukon, and Spider-Man, Davy Crockett. Oh, you remember? Davy, Davy Crockett, 
king of the wild frontier. Yep. Nope. <laughs> Never claimed the fame will ever be that of a singer, right? And then, there's, don't forget, there's Batman. And of course, Superman. When I was much younger, I remember digging around in the alley next to my house, making soup. You've done that before, right? With my best friend, Terry Causey. Or, you know, when I'm thinking about it, maybe it was mud pies. Or we were rolling a toy dump truck on the open lot next door where they had just dumped a bunch of fresh sand. And at that time, we were becoming whatever superhero or prince I wish to be for that day. When you go back in your memories of your childhood, is there a certain imaginary game that pops into your mind that you would always play with your friends? How about taking a piece of chalk, maybe doing hopscotch on a sidewalk? Or, for example, did you girls have a Barbie and it would join you for a tea party and then all of you would act so surprised when Ken knocked on the dollhouse door. Have you seen a definite script in your child's play? The media surrounding kids makes a significant impact on the way they play. For example, is your daughter always running around the house in her unique Elsa dress? freezing her big sister's heart? Or is your son always insisting that his name is actually Iron Man? Or maybe it's the Incredible Hulk. Instead of the name you thought you wrote down on his newborn birth certificate. While a scripted play can be good, it shouldn't necessarily occur all the time. There's plenty of ways to support the kid's imagination and encourage healthier, pretend-like play. First, start by unplugging your child. Turn off the television. Send them outside. Surround them on all sides with more open-ended toys like maybe Legos or building blocks or Gosh, do I remember Play-Doh, right? And generic dolls and animals. Rather than particular toys like an Elsa doll I just spoke of, or even a Spider-Man action figure as seen on the cover from a podcast. Imaginary play is a child's most valuable source for learning. It helps him improve emotionally, socially, and cognitive skills. Playing those awesome and crazy games helps build your child's emotional flexibility. Pretend play is also an excellent tool for the children to develop their language skills and create a more complex vocabulary. It assists them to figure out what to do in certain social situations from what they've observed around them during the day. It helps encourage inventive thinking and problem-solving skills. The imagination helps children notice the world from more than one 
point of view. Today, I'm talking about superheroes. Everyone wants to be a superhero. But imagination is very important. Whatever your superpower is, such as that of magical ice powers, or your ability to stretch out long like a rubber band, or the ability to fly. Yes, to fly high up in the air. Everyone has a dream. Our dreams constantly change and shape into who they really want to be. In regards to children, please encourage them, nieces and grandchildren, to make believe to be different things. Imagination makes our world go round. It brought us electricity with Benjamin Franklin and landed us on the moon. Each child has infinite potential. So why let them be a copy of someone else's dream when they can genuinely be their own superhero? The moral development of superheroes can inspire us to be better people. However, while the characters of Captain America and Superman as examples only are reminders of the greatest qualities in humanity, courage, strength, compassion, hope, characters such as the Wolverine, however, or the Punisher, these are avatars of rage of vengeance, and hatred. Simply put, they're reminders of people and values we hesitate to aspire to. Again, a superhero is a character with extraordinary powers that performs heroic actions. They are unlike policemen and policewomen, firefighters and doctors, all of whom are heroes and heroines in their own right. Superheroes are defined by their exceptional capabilities, such as flight, strength, speed, like the Flash, or invincibility, just to name a few of them. Superheroes are expected to act on a very strict moral code. They are always categorized as good and rarely wander away from this trek. Lastly, a superhero really has to be compassionate. Here are some common types. God or goddesses. These are supremely powerful beings born with all sorts of powers. Some examples are Superman, Thor, and Wonder Woman. Now, there are others that use gadgets. These characters usually don't possess any superpowers, but make up for that with the skill, the cunning, and high technology. Some examples are Batman, Iron Man, and Black Widow. Then there are some that are speedsters. We know these. These heroes rely on super speed to overwhelm the bad guys and solve their problems. Remember the Flash, of course, and don't forget Quicksilver. 
than to those who possess great magic. With reliance on magic and spell, these characters' powers are usually only limited by their imaginations and their tremendous willpower. Two of these are Doctor Strange and Green Lantern. Then there's the powerhouse superheroes. You guessed it. These are heroes who use unbridled strength and great endurance to smash everything in front of them to total bits. The Hulk is an example of a powerhouse, better known as David Banner. Then there are shapeshifters. These are superheroes who are able to change their size and form at will, giving them unparalleled adaptability. One example is Ant-Man. And lastly, those who are supernatural. Their powers come from unknown worlds beyond this mortal plane. Some examples are Ghost Rider or even Spawn. Now, let me talk about just what really makes up a superhero. Let me ask you, what is the difference between a hero and a superhero? As previously stated, the three most important superhero characteristics are powers and abilities, morality, and sympathy. Superpowers can come from countless sources. Some are born with their powers, such as the mutants in the X-Men series, or a freak accident can bless them with extraordinary gifts, such as a mean-looking radioactive spider biting down on Peter Parker. Superpowers are a vital factor of what makes a hero so super because this is the first thing that draws us as an audience. Many people dream of going out and doing the impossible, be it flying high school or picking up a giant fire truck with ease because fantasy assists us to escape from the harsh reality of our own world. The more interesting that a superpower is, the better. Or, turning water into wine may make fun, or a lot of fun, for a party trick, but it doesn't make much of a superhero. Morality is another crucial factor in the makeup of a superhero. In my science fiction novels, the characters we look up to often reflect the person that we want to be. That's why superheroes are always the good guys in my stories. Likewise, the majority of humanity strives to do good in this world, but, of course, a smart villain like Rosenthal in book, in book one of my detective series also makes for a nail-biting novel. However, the flaws and mistakes of some of my characters create a world full of difficulty and struggle and strife. The superheroes we admire can fight terrorism. They can go out and save loved ones from burning buildings because we surely can't. Superheroes stand for truth and justice.
in our world that requires both of these things. With that said, all the characters in my books need to have realism in the superheroes that we look up to. A hero that has perfect morality is boring, predictable, and most readers will find them unbelievable. We want to do good, but we many times do the total opposite, like what I talked about at the beginning of this podcast, asking my father what he would do. A well-written superhero must have flaws, and they should also make mistakes. This is what makes them sympathetic and relatable. Vigilantes, like the characters of Batman and Daredevil, break the law to fight crime. Why? That's because the justice system they're protecting is broken. Then there's Tony Stark. Tony Stark is a narcissist, and on top of that, one hell of an alcoholic. And Black Widow once used to be a spy and an assassin until she turned her life 180 degrees around. Often, it's the humanity of a superhero which makes them so likable, seeing them acting out in believable situations that you and I experience daily makes them feel real. As one example, Spider-Man fights crime in his spare time and then goes and deals with high school drama. Then there's Wonder Woman, who must live a regular secretary's life despite being an immortal goddess. And a goddess she was, right guys? (laughs) Well, the combination of the ordinary and the super makes a hero genuinely spectacular. When you talk to someone and ask them, who is the first superhero? Most folks will answer that question with, Superman, right? Well, while this reply is not entirely wrong, it's not exactly right either. Many prototype superheroes came out before Superman. There were characters such as Hugo Hercules and Tarzan adorning the newspapers and magazines. Then there was the Green Hornet and the Lone Ranger who wowed audiences on the radio before the television days had their birth. The Lone Ranger. with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hayo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Hayo Silver, boy! With his faithful Indian companion, Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early West. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. The Lone Ranger rides again. Even comic book 
heroes before Superman, such as Dr. Occult and Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, were in all their glory in the comics. That being said, Superman was the first true superhero. He would become the foundation for every superhero that would soon follow. It is Superman who I chose to be because he was faster than a speeding bullet and faster than a speeding bullet more powerful than a locomotive able to leap tall buildings at a single bound Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, a strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. A question I never thought to ask my three brothers came up when writing this broadcast. What superhero would you have been growing up? Believe it or not, what they said had a lot to do with their entire life. They don't know it, but I do. Something was missing, or they found guidance from who they chose. When I asked my older brother Daryl who he dreamed of being, he said Tarzan. Hmm, my eyebrows kind of furled, and I wonder why he chose Tarzan, but oh, that was his choice. And when I put the question to him as to why he said he loved how he could swing through the jungle, how he said was also how he would get the girl named Jane at the end of his dream. Go figure, right? <laughs> I really can't explain that one, at least not today on this broadcast. But what I can do for you is, when I got him to record a short, a short snippet here for this broadcast, I asked him to beat his chest and give me his Tarzan yell. And he did this. And then I'll let you listen to the real Tarzan. <laughs> And then there's my baby brother, Warren, who wanted to be all the time while he was growing up Batman, or maybe it was Robin. Not exactly sure, but his dreams had a different overall impact on him than Daryl being Tarzan. I still remember him dressing up like Batman and our baby brother, John, dressing up like Robin as they walked down the street shouting, Trick or Treat.
And now, that brings me to my babiest of baby brothers, John. When asked what kind of superhero he wanted to be, he said Spider-Man without any hesitation. Two of the superheroes my brothers chose could fly, and one could drive a fancy car, like really fast. Now, just who were you on Halloween in the 1960s? So, looking back at our early years and even found in our dreams that we all had, in some kind of way, enjoyed all of us being superheroes. What about you? Have you been soaring weightlessly through the atmosphere in your dreams lately? Many of us have had a dream of flying at one time or another. But it may be more than just a pleasant dream for you. The feeling of flying can be so different for everyone. First, let me add today that I'm not a psychologist like my first daughter. That means the ideas I give you now are simply from what I feel. Not to be taken as gospel. I'm no scholar, so to speak. But for some... I know that flying causes an incredible thrill. For others, it brings on anxieties and extreme fear. It can represent control to the point of feeling great power, or it can mean a loss of any control as you've nothing to balance on, nothing to anchor to. Let me give you an example. If you seem happy while you are high up in the air flying, then this possibly means you've set yourself free from something that has continued to hold you back. This freedom allows you to move forward in life and not become at a standstill. However, if you're flying and you're simply overcome with fear and worry, this could mean you're really looking for some stability in your life. Oh, heavy, right? <laughs> I know. This is something a writer has to figure out daily with its characters. While some dreams about us flying may be simply our minds having fun, others hold real meaning for us if we're willing to look just a little bit further down the road. The good news is that most dreams that find us flying high in the sky are positive. They lift our spirits. They let us do things we could never, ever achieve before. 
whether comforting, worrying, or thought-provoking, you and I both are the master of our own dreams. Flying dreams can be categorized as coherent dreams, which occur when we realize that we're actually dreaming, yet you and I control what's going on. Flying in our dreams can be portrayed as a thrilling, happy, even a therapeutic experience. While there are no approved meanings for dreams commonly accepted, interpretations can give us that additional insight into what implication your dreams might just hold. So, what does it actually mean when you dream about flying high up in the sky? Let's explore how experiencing the world on wings relates to your life and mine. Flying in our dreams can represent many things, but the feeling of true freedom is one of the most frequently expressed feelings. After listening to this podcast today, I bet tonight that some of you will go home and when you go to bed, you'll have a flying dream. If so, be sure to come back to this website and there's a blue voicemail tab and tell me what kind of flying dream that you had. You might even do it if you have a laptop. If at 2.30 in the morning you catch yourself flying, get up and leave that message at that time, but while it's all fresh in your mind and you still have that total vision. And I will play it back on one of my future episodes. Now, back to this freedom thing. This independence your mind is craving can be a freedom from the struggles in your life or even just might be your emotions. You might be trapped in a monotonous situation while your body just shouts out for a break of the influx of something very exciting. If you feel you're barely making it through work, or if you feel there's just too much drama in your life and stress daily, a flying dream can feel almost like heaven. For the first time, you're leaving all your stress behind and way down below, never, ever to bother you again. It's out of sight, which is peacefulness that many, many people crave. In this case, the dream provides a momentary release and signifies to your body and to your mind that you need to just relax and recharge. There are some circumstances where we don't have any time or ability to take a break or even get some downtime. I call it just chilling out. Our minds can address this need with the only free time available, and that's when we're sleeping. While this is not a negative thing, so to speak, we should all continue to try and obtain time to relax and do a simple recharge. Yours and my physical, mental, and emotional health will definitely thank us later. I promise you. Then there's another type of flying dream. Uh, it's one that involves power. 
feeling powerful enough to rise high, high up in the sky and fly by some unearthly means can make flying dreams so cotton-picking exciting, it's just unbelievable sometimes. Of course, you and I are just everyday guys and girls during the daytime, but at night, we become a superhero. We all do, in our dreams. Once again, these types of dreams, in my opinion, tend to arise based on what distinctively is absent from within our very own lives. If we suffer from a feeling of being completely powerless to do something about a situation, we are more likely to dream about conditions where we have these extraordinary abilities. Our internal desire will be great and more capable than we currently have and right now can provide the fuel for the existence of these dreams. Without these dreams, you and I normally will have absolute control and a courageous demeanor. Some death-defying tricks and low drives definitely increase the feeling of being absolutely unstoppable. All in all, most people wake up in the morning feeling incredible and count it as the positive experience it truly is. The dream in itself doesn't need to mean anything more than this. It's perfectly normal for those who worry that such an imagination might seem childish. On the opposite side of the coin, flying through the air can make you feel powerless if you're not in control of your movement. It could be that it has some relation to a more terrifying dream of falling. Your heightened fear in a situation that would otherwise be thrilling can signify you are anxious about noteworthy changes in your life. You feel that you're just totally off balance, unable to ground yourself. The feeling in itself is new to you and can be pretty doggone overwhelming. However, despite the apparent anxieties associated with this kind of flying dream, it's more of a reminder to take it easy than a challenging negative. There are so many endless probabilities in our dreams, there's actually not a one-dream-fits-all interpretation. All dreams of flying are just one of the many different types. Snakes, spiders, and fire are a few of the people's other common dreams that people have. I can, I can tell you from experience, snakes, definitely a common nightmare dream for me. But with that in mind, one of the best ways to make sense of your dreams is by giving some thought on going to a dream interpretation psychic. That's right. I doubt very seriously many of you do that. It's often hard to decipher the images and messages in our dreams all by ourselves. I mentioned earlier in my podcast that the interpretations made might be 
or might not be of a scholarly nature. Nevertheless, they have been given as fuel for thought in my broadcast. The stark contrast in values from Superman to Batman to Spider-Man, or even after listening my brother try to shout like Tarzan, challenges us with moral complexity. Reading or watching the movies of these characters forces us to take some, some sort of view to agree or disagree with their actions. Seeing them in action forces us to consider our own values and consider, what would I do in that situation? Other ideas from superheroes include physically weak children who like the power of a superhero and grow up to be people who work to develop themselves stronger, both physically and mentally, throughout their daily lives. Some people are inspired by the superhero mission or purpose. They find their ways in life goes a little bit smoother when they choose their own goals. Some people are encouraged by the superhero ideal of selfless service to humanity. One who stands up for our values or is a force of positive social change reflects real-life heroes. Some of these are Mother Teresa, or Nelson Mandela, or Martin Luther King, or even the Dalai Lama. All who are tireless servants who labor for a much better tomorrow, whose lives are living instances and tributes of the values that they embody. All who works towards peace and lifting up those of us who are the most vulnerable in a sometimes cruel and hostile world. Well, I looked at the clock, and I'm approaching my end time for this episode, and I would like to highlight my favorite of all superheroes, Superman. Superman actually showed up on the cover of DC Comics, and the year was 1938. These comics covered the now famous original story of the last son of Krypton shooted off into the atmosphere as the planet explodes. His parents placed this baby in a small rocket ship to escape a dying world. On Earth, the child grows and develops magnificent powers, changing the course of history. Superman took the superhero genre to new heights as a champion of the oppressed. In addition, detective comics would create some of the most popular superheroes ever, such as Batman or Wonder Woman and The Flash. Of course, with success only comes rivalry. For example, a comic book company by the name of Timely Comics produced many publications. While well, never really achieved the same success as DC Comics, the company hung on and eventually began publishing under a new name, Marvel Comics. They went on and wrote titles such as The Fantastic Four, The Incredible Hulk, 
and yes, let's not forget Spider-Man. Marvel Comics would go on to become DC's primary competition, surpassing them in our current age of the movies and the media. You know, it is no accident Superman turned up around the time of Adolf Hitler when he was in power in Germany. For evil to survive in the world, there must be a counterbalance. Even though Superman is just a fictional character, the Man of Steel is far more vital than Hitler will ever be. And although he's not real, Superman has inspired millions of people in the real world to have courage, to have hope, and to stand up for their fellow human beings to live with purpose and gratitude. Taking full responsibility for themselves and those who depend on Superman and others just like him. Superheroes are here to inspire us, to raise us up. They're not here to replace us or do the hard work of living for us. Instead, we must dig down deep and find our own hero within, our own values, our own mission and purpose in life if we wish to live a truly satisfying life. But again, Parents should always use their discretion on just how much violence is too much violence and make a decision on appropriate superheroes to introduce. As younger children are easier to influence, choosing the right superhero to watch and look up is essential. In closing today, let me say that I'm sure you've heard of the Avengers, right? Heck, they are one of the most giant box office smashes in years. A movie called Infinity Wars. Remember Doctor Strange? I haven't spoke about him today too much. This superhero that uses mythical energies is played by none other than Benedict Cumberbatch. He once said that Doctor Strange is not a good super, superhero because of his unique powers, but he is a good superhero because of his determination and his resilience. We watched him in the movie reach the very bottom and then more. You think while watching the movie just how much more can this guy take? He's broken. He gets up again. He's broken. And that's really what makes him a superhero. In real life, it teaches us all to never give up on our dreams. It's possible. It really is. If we all just believe. Well, listeners, neighbors, friends, and loved ones, I'm done for today, and I got to get ready for my upcoming Mother's Day broadcast. Until then, thanks for tuning in to today's episode, and next week, 
Join me as I will tell the story of the first ordained woman minister in the state of Louisiana. One woman didn't ask the Ku Klux Klan to leave, but invited them to attend the services. A woman, the KKK, number 60, called a great minister and one of pure womanhood. A woman that the Cumberland Presbyterian Church still calls mother of all Presbyteries. The Reverend Ada Slayton Bonds sets the benchmark high for all women entering the ministry to this very day. Her life story is told in the novel, novel Faith 70 times 7, available around the globe in any of your favorite bookstores. Grab a copy or tune into the podcast and you'll hear the story of this remarkable woman. Until we meet again, as always, see you later, alligator. Well, that does it for me for another great episode from Sydney St. James. Be sure to click on the tab above that says send a voice message and I will get it from you and I'll probably play it back on one of my future podcasts. Also, don't forget to click the button follow. I'd love for you to follow my podcast. But it's been fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, here I am, Sydney St. James. Happy listening. <laughs>